0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 80. Today, I am introducing you to my Hogwarts-loving friend, Abby Grace of Abby Grace Photography, and she is going to walk you through how to create true systems within your email inbox. Because let me guess, your inbox is a major time suck, and it's keeping you from doing what you love. So today's episode is filled with so many nuggets of wisdom, all about how to get your life back, set client expectations, create systems and get back out of the inbox so that you can get back to doing what you do best. This episode is filled with so much goodness. I cannot wait for you to tune in. Let's do this. You're listening to the Goal Digger podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop style business podcast for creative girl bosses. So you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Hey guys, it's Jenna Kutcher and I am so thankful to be introducing you to one of the sweetest souls I've ever met, Abby Grace. I got to hug her in real life a few times over the last year and she is just one of those friends who always shows up on your phone with sweet text messages on the days that you need them the most. Abby is an amazing wedding photographer based just outside of Washington DC. She works with her husband Matt and she is a lover of Hogwarts and so today I'm just so excited to introduce a sweet friend of mine to you guys and to hear from her about a subject that i know a lot of you are wondering about which is just communication in general especially when it comes to the inbox so welcome to the show Abby thank you so much for having me I'm so
1: excited to be here i know everyone says that but i really am like thrilled to be here
0: <laughs> I believe you i believe you so let's kick it off and i just want you to tell everyone kind of the story of you how you got started kind of what you're up to now and and what your life is looking like these days.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I started taking photographs when I was in college. I had to take a darkroom photography class to fulfill a fine art credit because Somehow being a music major for a year didn't manage to do that. And so I fell in love with photography in the dark room. And that was the end of my junior year. And so my senior year, I started to explore the question of like, what would it look like to take this seriously and do something with this? Because I had changed my major to communications at that point, And I was getting ready to graduate with a concentration in public relations. But I knew I didn't want to be in that field permanently, that photography was like the first thing that I was good at that for me that I loved and I didn't just love it because other people told me I was good at it. And so around like by the time I graduated, I knew photography was what I wanted, but that it was going to take a couple of years to get there. So I worked for two years, a lot like you, Jenna, at a Fortune 500 company. I sat behind a cushy desk and I made a cushy salary and I was miserable (laughs) because I knew (laughs) that I wanted to be doing photography full time. So I took those two years that I was at my corporate job and spent that time working so hard to build up my photography business I spent a whole year apprenticing under another photographer and then in 2011 I started shooting weddings on my own and then in 2012 was when I left my day job it was two years almost to the day it was like six days before my two-year anniversary when I left and so that was 2012 and then last year actually my husband Matt left his corporate day job to join me as my business partner which has just been incredible and challenging and so rewarding and like weirdly enough very good for our marriage and we've like we're just so much stronger together than I had ever envisioned which is ironic because I had always thought because Matt's not a photographer that we would never be able to be a husband and wife team because that's not what I saw everybody else's business looking like but it just turns out because our gifts are in different areas that that makes us stronger in places that maybe other husband and wife teams feel like they're lacking which has been just really cool.
0: That's awesome. So I can totally relate with you in so many ways. Obviously, that's why we're friends. (laughs) But I love hearing that you guys have very different roles because Drew and I have definitely been exploring all of that as we've kind of settled into working from home together and Mm -hmm. what that looks like. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you do, what Matt does, how you guys support each other, maybe how you get your space from each other when you need it and what it looks like to try and shut off the business side and turn on the marriage side at the end of the day
1: yeah okay so when it comes to like separated roles the way that I always explain it to people is like I'm the dreamer and the writer and Matt's the implementer which is Matt's just he's a doer he is like his gifts are in like He's very servant-hearted and he's a really fast learner. And so Matt's the one who like researches new strategies for us. So like I'll come up with the content when it comes to like the educational side of things and he's the one who dreams up how to implement it. Or he might come to me and be like, Hey, there's this new, you know, technique that I really want to try. Could you come up with something that we could offer our audience? And then I will put that into practice and we'll see how it goes. Which is amazing because I used to see other people, I don't know, trying like a new opt-in format and like want to try it out but have no idea how to do so and so it would just never end up happening so I had like half of the equation but now that Matt's here it's just awesome because he's like actively going out and doing research to make those things happen time that I didn't used to have to do research and time that now because I don't have to sit around feeling guilty about not doing that research or not doing that implementation I can spend that coming up with more content or serving our brides better or finding new ways to discover inspiration that kind of thing so Matt's very much like like I said he's the doer I do all of the photography side of our business and all of the writing. And so any of our educational content, I've written all of that. Obviously all of the photography, I do that as well. I do all the communication side of things too with our brides and grooms and um, vendors and all of that. But Matt sends out all the number side of things. So he sends out the contract. He collects our retainer fees. He takes things to the post office. So Matt's creative, which has been so cool about being a husband and wife team is seeing him come into that creativity on his own that I honestly never knew that he had. And in, in terms of creative strategies and creative implementations that it just allowed me to fall in love with a different side of him as my husband and as my business partner. I don't remember what the other side of that question was.
0: <laughs> How do you know when to shut off oh, like, yes. the business side and get back to the marriage side? Yeah, that's a really hard one. Like, I mean, and I'm sure that any husband and wife team
1: will, will tell you that they struggle with that with boundaries and, compartmentalizing certain parts of the business and knowing when it's time to close the door. We try to maintain pretty strict office hours that like we're done at six. Obviously, if there's something left over from earlier in the day that needs to be taken care of, we'll do it. But we try really hard to like savor that time away from the office. I have office hours built into my email signature. Like we don't answer emails after 5 or 6 p.m. And like we love ourselves a good Netflix binge. And that's honestly like sometimes just really helpful for us. And also our dogs are great at coming into the office at like six and being like, Hey, we're hungry. Please feed us. And I will say having, we've had our first intern this summer. Her name is Maddie and she's wonderful. And she has been really good for me for like learning to regulate work hours because she comes in at 12 and she leaves at five. And so when Maddie leaves, that's a great signal to us. Like, Hey, it's time to start making dinner. It's time to shut your laptop. And Matt's really good about gently coming over to me and being like, Hey, dinner's ready. Why don't you go ahead and turn off work for now. And it wasn't always that easy. We had a period of time where there was this like unspoken irritation with one another because I was just having a lot of trouble turning work off. But once we managed to communicate that to each other, that was when it started to get a lot better because he knew that he now had permission to say, it's okay to turn your laptop off. And I knew like, hey, I need to respect that because he's asking for time with me as his wife and not just as his business partner.
0: That's awesome. I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with and it's not really talked about very often because there, you know, you have to step into different roles. And for us, it's like Drew cooks and cleans. Like Mm -hmm. I don't do that stuff. Like it it doesn't doesn't really bother me. And so it's been really, really interesting just figuring out what works for us and kind of letting go of what people think the normal is or what it should look like and just really stepping into where we're serving our lives the best. And so I think that is so awesome that you guys are working together like that. Yeah. So something that I think people know, but maybe not, is I actually went to school for communication with a PR emphasis as well. (laughs) And so something that you and I are both extremely passionate about is just communication and creating like a client experience through that. And so talk to us a little bit about what that looks like from inbox management to managing clients' expectations all the way through that process, because... I know for a lot of us, our inbox can be a day stealer. I mean, we can get in it in the morning and be chasing our tail all the way until the day ends. And so I would love to just hear from you about what that looks like.
1: Yeah. So well, I'm a firm believer, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote where she says, people won't remember what you said. At the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. And I know like from a comms background, from working in the media, like in the you know corporate sector, like, and from being a wedding photographer that I could deliver the most amazing product. But if the way my clients felt when I deliver, like when I was capturing that product was anything less than excellent, that it's going to damage the way that they look at that final product. And so knowing that, that helps to create a bit of perspective as to why it's important to answer emails within 24 hours when they're from my clients. Because I know that if I take too long to get back to them, they're going to start to question whether or not they're important to me. And if they question whether or not they're important to me, they're going to start feeling like a number. And I don't want them to feel like a number because I've told them that they're important to me. And I want them to know that everything I've said to them is genuine and heartfelt. And if they start to learn not to trust me because I ignore their emails, they're not going to trust me on their wedding day when I tell them that they look amazing. They'll be the kind of clients that are like, Oh, I bet you say that to everyone. You're like, yes, I do. But it's because it's true. And so it can create these little areas of doubt in other places in your business that are totally legitimate. But because you've sown distrust and unprofessionalism in one area, it's kind of like this poison that seeps into everywhere else in your business. And so one of the best ways that we manage those client expectations is we have I have a three tiered system, we answer emails from clients first, and then within 24 hours within 24 business hours during the week. I don't answer emails on Saturdays or Sundays and I don't answer emails in the evenings. If I do have to answer an email in the evening, I use the app Boomerang so that it sends the following morning because I want my clients to respect those office hours and know that I'm not available outside them. So we answer emails from clients first and then from vendors second- Try to get to those within 48 hours and then everything else comes third. And so the, you know, the things that come third might be like a request from a wedding blog for like a photo of, I don't know, an Apple themed (laughs) wedding, but that because those people, I don't mean for this to sound crass, but because we're not being paid by those people, they get the attention that is left over from when I've dealt with my paying clients and then the vendors who are referring paying clients to me. And then we'll do, you know, like, or if someone's emailing asking for me to like, I don't know, meet up for coffee or which we don't do. But you know, if they're asking for like a really full length email to answer a question of a problem that they're having with a client, we get to those last. And it's not because we don't care. It's just because I love my clients so much. And I want them to know that they have the best of me because they've paid for that. And that's because that's Mm -hmm. what they expect. So I am a firm believer in over communicating from the beginning so that my clients aren't left wondering why they didn't receive a certain something at the end. Like we have my client lounge where it spells out, you know, all the products. There's an FAQ page about like, what do we receive? Like, do you get this? No, we actually don't because I want them to know ahead of time. This, like, I believe that expectations are the best way to have a satisfied client of addressing those expectations ahead of time. The best way to disappoint a client is by not telling them what to expect from you because then their expectations may be completely off kilter with what's reality. But because you guys never had that conversation, they feel justified in being disappointed.
0: Absolutely. I did a full episode about setting client expectations in episode number 25. And I think that one of the hardest things that I see, and I know you see this as well, is when different creatives or different entrepreneurs are really struggling with client issues, a lot of times it is coming from that lack of expectations being set. And I have found that the more clear you can be, the better the experience. Is for you and for your clients. So, mm-hmm. what are some ways that you can set expectations through communication, and how are you kind of leveraging different platforms or different resources to do that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, I think for us, like for example, because I am a wedding photographer, I know a lot of your listeners are just various creatives in the field, but. Like for example, when I meet with a new bride and groom, I go over a sample timeline with them. I ask when their ceremony time is and when their reception time is and then I build a timeline around that. And that's to show them one, this is how much time I think you're going to need so that if they book a seven-hour package and we get to two weeks before the wedding and they realize they need to add on two more hours, they're not upset with me for not telling them that earlier. But then also, two to let them know, hey, this is how much time you're going to need to set aside for portraits. That's a common thing that you get among newer photographers. Like, oh, my gosh, the bride and groom only gave me, like, five minutes for portraits. What happened? And often the problem is, well, you never told them what to expect. You never told them how much time and and they've never done this before and they're never going to do this again. There's no reason that they should have known. And so it's up to us as a professional to tell them what to expect. And I think that's a thing that creatives, we lose sight of a lot is that you know your process inside and out backwards and forwards, but your client doesn't because most often they have never done this before. And so we approach every client with that same assumption that they've never done this before and they don't know what to expect. So it's, not just a good idea, but it's part of my job to educate them on that. So for some of the vendors that we've worked with, like that I've been a client of my favorite things that they do, like our business coach, for example, that we used to work with at the very beginning, she sent us like an email outlining, here's what you can expect from me before each coaching call after each coaching call at the beginning of each month. Here's when your payments are due. Here's how that's going to be handled. And just going into what some people might think it is an overwhelming amount of information, but it was perfect because if we ever had a question, we could go back to that email. And if there was ever something that we were like, well, wait a second, I thought we were going to get X, Y, or Z. She's like, well, actually, if you look back at that first email that I sent you, this is what it said. And then we're like, oh, okay. Well, that was just our fault then. As opposed to like, being mad that she didn't send that to us and just expected us to know because we'd never done coaching with her before. So I think like, you know, let's say you're an Etsy dealer. It sounds like drug dealer. No, you're an Etsy shop (laughs) owner, designer. There we go. And you make like handcrafted ring boxes for brides. And so your bride buys the ring box and like you ship it to her and it's not what she wanted, but she didn't know that when she was buying the ring box, that it was a like there's no customizations available. She was expecting this totally custom product, but because you didn't have that in the product description or you didn't send her an email saying, hey, here's how the process is going to break down, she's now disappointed. And it's not necessarily your fault that her expectations were unrealistic, but it is your fault for not educating her ahead of time and so then you have to deal with the problem of now I have to send her another ring box or now I have to deal with a bad review or now I have to give her a refund when you know at the beginning if you could just set up a system to educate the client ahead of time on what your process looks like because sometimes your clients are just genuinely curious too then what would end up happening is you have a client who receives a product that she loves and a process that she's thrilled about that she's then going to go tell her friends oh my gosh she made this so easy on me you have to get your wedding day ring box from her
0: Absolutely. I think one of the coolest things that you said that kind of inspired this thought in me is when you were working with your coach and she sent out all of that information that quote could have been overwhelming. At the same point, it's actually saving her and you emailing back and forth asking those questions. Oh, yeah, And so that one email with all of the content that is likely a template in a good way, that gives you everything that you need. It's saving you both time of questions Or like having you as a client pondering, like, is this happening or is this not? Or is this included or is it not? And so I think it's so funny because a lot of times in our businesses, we're afraid to systemize. We think it loses the personal touch. We, you know, challenge ourselves and say, well, everyone gets a one of a kind experience, but then we're like a hamster on a wheel just trying to keep up. So what has it looked like for you in terms of just creating systems with your communication?
1: Yeah. So that is, oh, I love talking about this. I'm so glad you asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge lover of email templates. We like, I've been utilizing email templates for years now. They're like something that we sell in our shop. I am that weird. I like love them so much. I'm the weird girl that our friends, when they're having trouble with like wording to a client, they call me and I write out an email template for them. And it's just a joy for me. And so what email templates do is they automate portions of a process that don't need to be customized. Like we have an email template for when a new bride inquires. And like that doesn't need, I mean, there are areas of the email that we do customize in terms of obviously her name. And if I've shot at their venue before, I'll include a link to a wedding that I did. And I ask about her and I insert her fiance's name. And there are some very standard parts of that email that I ask every bride. So it just doesn't need to be written from scratch every single time. There are other email templates that we have that like, before an engagement session, for example, I send actually within one week of the client booking their contract, we send out an email saying like, hey, it's time to book your engagement session. And one thing that I don't like doing is I don't like telling my clients no. And the way that I avoid doing that is by over-educating them at the beginning so they know what the boundaries are so they don't ask for things that I don't offer. Obviously, every once in a while, we do have to use the word no with them. and But I prefer to like word that in a way that like, is like a no, but I'd love to do this for you or no, however I can give you this, whatever. But like for our email template that goes out to ask them about their engagement session, rather than waiting for them to come to me and be like, hey, we wanna do our engagement photos this Saturday, you down? I send out that email that says, first of all, I book up six to eight weeks in advance. Second of all, I only shoot engagement sessions Tuesday through Thursday in the mornings or the evenings. What works for you? Here's some dates that I'm available. And that does a few things that tells them, hey, you're going to need to plan ahead. Two, you know, I know that it's convenient to think about doing this on a weekend, but for us, that's either I'm shooting a wedding or I'm spending that time with family. So like, I'm not telling them no, I am telling them yes to Tuesday through Thursday so that, that no is never necessary in the first place. So for like a, you know, a vendor who has an Etsy shop, like... Coming up with a template, like when someone purchases from you with like, hey, thanks so much for buying from me. Like here are, you know, three things that you can expect from me. We push all of our products out within, I don't know, 14 days, whatever it is. That just something that tells your client, I hear you. I'm so excited to be working with you. Here's like, you don't even have to go into a detailed process of your entire process. You can just give them steps one, two, and three. Like step one, I'm going to ask you for your customizations. Step two, I'm going to ask you for a final approval. Step three, I'm going to send a package out to you. Voila, you're happy. But I think just being very upfront about You know, if not, here's what my whole process looks like. Here are the first couple of steps and here's what you can expect from me in the near future so that your client's not left wondering when they're going to receive an email from you because they ordered their product three weeks ago and they haven't heard a peep other than to receive confirmation from Etsy that their payment went through.
0: I love it. You're like speaking my language. I'm like crazy <laughs> over here. We are such fans of templates. And it's so funny because I did believe so many lies before about them and what my perception was. But even, you know, we have like templates for our Airbnb. We have templates for everything because we want to make sure that we're communicating fully and clearly. And so to sit down and do that one time and make it really good and really branded and very, very passionate, it's so much easier than quick on the the fly trying to do that. And I think that so many people do that. Or I used to be a notorious where I would go into my inbox, I'd read an email and then I'd mark it unread because I didn't want to deal with it yet. And so it's like, gosh, templates can really just save you so much time and energy and stress. Mm -hmm. I love it. So what does it look like for you? In terms of your communications from initial inquiry to final delivery, what kind of things do you make sure you touch on? What kind of ways do you enhance your client's experience? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Okay. So... When our clients first inquire with us, my first step is obviously to respond to that inquiry within 24 hours. I respond with either, yes, I'm available. You know, I'd love to know a little bit more about you. I always ask about the client first because I want them to know I'm invested in them as people and they're not just a number to me. And so then we link to our pricing in that initial email and hopefully they'll come back to me and be like, yeah, we'd love to set up a meeting. So once I've met with a client, I always email right after to deliver any information that I may have promised them in terms of. Like if I said, oh, I'll send you a recommendation for a planner, or here's that timeline that we talked over, because even if they don't end up booking with me, like that's a helpful thing for them to have and a way for me to serve them. Even if they book with another photographer, they've got a sample outline that they can go based off of. So then once they've decided to book with us, Matt goes ahead and sends out, we have an email template that I insert into the email. Like, hey, we're so excited to be working with you. I need these pieces of information so that Matt can put your contract together in HoneyBook. And I'm like, hey, Matt is cc on this email. Make sure to hit reply all so that that saves me one more step from having to forward the information over to Matt or walk it up to his office he's already on that email so then he gets the contract together through honeybook and sends that over and once we've got that taken care of, like the contract and the retainer taken care of that's when within one week I email to schedule their engagement session and that's just part of my process like it's on my calendar to do that Matt sometimes reminds me if I you know falling off the wagging a little bit, but that's sort of the first step of it. We have a couple of like checkpoints that we do with all of our clients. Like, six months out from their wedding day, I email them to ask if we can schedule a time to talk about their timeline. Just because sometimes things do change between that initial consultation. Let's say we met 15 months before their wedding. It's been nine months since we've talked about timeline. So now hopefully six months is like before they finalize the design with their stationer and before obviously they've sent out their invitation. So if anything needs to change, this gives us time to talk that through before they've printed those invitations and like the ceremony time is no longer able to be changed. And then like we always, um, we actually, after our clients book, we do send out like a new client booking gift and it's got a wedding magazine, like a custom bridal magazine with again, a lot more education from us about what the process is going to look like, what they can expect, what their engagement session might look like, you know, outfit ideas times of year to shoot, and then when it comes to their wedding day, a whole slew of information, and then also just a gift to say thank you, like to make them feel really good about those thousands of dollars that they just paid us for a job that we haven't done yet, and so it's sort of affirmation of like, you made a really good decision. Here's a gift to make you guys feel great and some great reading material that'll help you prepare for an even more amazing wedding photography experience, so over communicating and educating them before anything's ever become a question. That bridal guide is actually done for us. It's cut down substantially on the number of emails in my inbox because it's answering their questions before they even knew that they had them, which makes me look all the better because they're like, this Abby is fantastic. Like she went (laughs) above and beyond. She gave us wedding planning advice through this bridal guide that she's using. Like, this is phenomenal. I didn't even know that this was something that wedding photographers do. Maybe they don't. Maybe Abby's just special. She alone goes above and beyond, whatever it is. So yeah, we do a lot of that, the over-communicating. And and I use the term over-communicating like that. It's not a bad thing. Like I just would prefer to be more verbose up front so that they have fewer questions later. And then, I mean, the rest of our, like, you know, I communicate with all of our vendors before the weddings to make sure that I've got the final copy of the timeline, confirming with the bride that, like, you know we have we do send out a pre-wedding questionnaire about two months before the wedding. It's on Matt's calendar to send it 60 days before the wedding. And that asks about a variety of things. It asks for GPS addresses, family formal combinations. And that's another way that like I'm serving my clients because in that pre-wedding questionnaire, rather than just being like, what family pictures do you want? They're like, I don't know. Like I've never done this before. What family <laughs> pictures should I want? So then maybe they ask they reach out to their friends and their friends come back with like 40 different family formal combinations, which Wedding photographers will tell you that can take a lot of time. So instead of that, instead of me giving them a blank slate and asking them to tell me what they want, I propose solutions that they could possibly want. So I have a list of 10 pre-formulated family formals that we use in our HoneyBook checklist because we do our pre-wedding questionnaire through HoneyBook. And so it's 10 pre-formulated combinations, and they can it just says, check the ones you want. And then there's a blank box beneath that to say, hey, if there are any additional family formals that you'd like, put them here. But I'm actually serving my client better by suggesting what I think is going to work really well for them based on my eight years of experience doing this. And that's just another way to serve your client is like they don't know what they want because they may have never done this before. And then that pre-wedding questionnaire is the basis of what I use for family pictures and like knowing if there are any extra special details from throughout the wedding. Day. That pre-wedding questionnaire is essential for me. And so maybe, you know, obviously that'll change based on what industry that you're in, but just asking for more information than you might need means that you're prepared when you don't think that you will need to be
0: Amen, girl. Amen. Like you took me to church there. That was good. (laughs) That's exactly what we do. And I think too, one of the coolest things, and I'm sure you've really seen this with incorporating Matt and your intern Maddie in, is that when you create these templates and these systems, you are able to teach other people how to continue them so that it's not always you hitting send, but it's still your voice, your content, your information. And so you're able to share the load a lot easier easier than if you're like, hey, can you just take this off of my plate? And they have no idea how to do it or what you need to say or when you need to send it. So I think Mm -hmm. that's amazing.
1: Thanks. It's worked out really, really well for us. And you're right. It creates replicatable systems that we're then able to teach other people. And that was one of the hardest parts that I had with the idea of bringing Matt on as my business partner was well, I just don't think I can teach anyone to do what I do as well as I do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, newsflash, Abby, you're not doing it very well. <laughs> things are falling through the cracks and your husband has gifts that can like help create an even stronger business. And you're not allowing him to do that. But when I finally gave him that freedom to step in and he took things further than I ever could have. And I know that among creative entrepreneurs, there's this tendency to want to keep your hands in everything. And Jenna, I know you preach this so often, but Like, outsourcing and letting things go allows you to get back to those things that you and only you can bring to your business. I mean, I don't have to be the one to package up prints. Our intern, Maddie's packaging prints right now as we're talking. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be the one to do that. I can teach her to do it, but there's this pride in me that's like, no, I'm the one who can do it best. But, like, it's not an essential part of our business. It's an important part of our business. But when it comes to who puts the prints in the boxes, it doesn't have to be me and learning to relinquish that gives not only freedom to you to go back to doing what you're really good at and what only you can bring to your business, but it also gives joy and employment to other people who do specialize in that kind of thing. Like when you outsource, I don't know, launch copy with Ashlyn, or when you outsource Mm -hmm. editing or album design, whatever it ends up being, you're giving life to other people by allowing them to serve in that way while giving life to yourself because you're opening up the doors for more of what you love to do and what only you can bring to your business.
0: Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Definitely, and I think, too, one of the things that... I mean, for me, especially is like, I can become an anxious person if I'm feeling out of control. And for me, my inbox was one of those sources that was just creating this anxiety because it's like, you know, every day you log in and there's just more and more and more emails and more people wanting things from you and more, you know, you're losing stuff in the shuffle. And I know when I hired Caitlin, I remember telling her like, you can just help me with my inbox. That's it. I'll take care of everything else. And within a week of just like feeling, a bigger sense of control in knowing that I am only reading the stuff that only I can respond to, like what a beautiful thing. It freed me up so much mentally and time. And I think that our inbox can become this place that just takes our time away from our days where all of a sudden it's five o'clock and you're like, what did I get done today? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I just emailed and responded to emails all day. So what does your workday look like in terms of communication? Are you always logged into your inbox? Are you checking it at certain times of the day? Does it kind of change or what's your ultimate goal with that?
1: Yeah. So when Matt started working with me, he became my inbox gatekeeper much like what Caitlin does for you. He only forwards things on, we use an app called Hiver, which is amazing. Do you guys use that?
0: No, I should look into that.
1: It's so good. It allows you to share your like tag people in an email. And so it pops into their inbox instead of having to forward things back and forth because those like FW colon at the beginning of an email subject just, I don't know why, but it just drives me nuts. (laughs) And so what Hiver allows Matt to do is because he has info at com, And so that's our email address that's on everything. It's on our, business cards it's on like the listing that we have with the local bridal magazine like that's the one that we want people to contact first and then if it's important enough or if it requires my attention matt will forward that on to me the only things that come directly to me are like vendors that already have my email address and like the show it contact forms, like when a bride fills out an inquiry, those come directly to me. Everything else goes through Matt. And so with HiVert, Matt just selects the tag assigned to Abby and it pops into my inbox. And then when I've responded to it, I hit archive and it goes back to him, which makes sharing inboxes so easy. And I suggest it to anyone that works in a company where you have more than one person because it makes inbox life so much easier because I love getting things. I love archiving things out of my inbox, but Matt needs to know that those have been taken care of. And I don't want to have to send a separate email back him being like hey just so let you know I covered that kind of thing
0: <laughs> That um, is awesome We do something similar Caitlin just has tags So we have like a series of tags And then I only look at the one that says Jenna So I don't touch the like general stuff
1: yeah it's like whatever works for you but I like having an inbox gatekeeper is yes. life changing because they're just you know there's some things that like don't require your attention it's someone saying mm-hmm. hey can you send me a link to that blog post and Matt can just as easily do that and there's nothing wrong with it and there's nothing impersonal about that either and it means that we're able to serve people faster than if it was only ever me so really it's serving them well for Matt to be my gatekeeper and it's not like a oh that Abby she's really got some ghost person writing for her because Matt signs his emails <laughs> as, as him he doesn't try to pass yeah. himself off as me or anything like that but I I don't keep my inbox open all the time just because it becomes an enormous time suck for me. Generally, mm-hmm. what I do is if like if I have a thing on my to-do list that needs to get done, like let's say, oh, I need to finish this engagement session today, then I'll do that first and then I'll check my inbox so that I've already accomplished something by the time I get to my email in case there's something in my email that's like, hey, you didn't do this thing, like we need you. And that way I'm not starting my day off by feeling guilty about X, Y, or Z. I'm like a very anxious person. And so if I get something like that at the beginning, it can like taint the whole rest of my day. So I just want to make sure that like my sort of like emotional boundaries are also being kept in check because as creatives, like we have this inclination to like be defined by what other people think of us or like that if our business is, you know, hits a little dip that like somehow we're less worthy of a person. And I'm so guilty of that. So that's why we're strategic about when i First check email during the day. I do not keep email on my phone. That's been a pretty hard and fast rule for me for the last probably Five years. I realized I was checking email like on my phone before I'd go to bed. I got an email one time at like 11 p.m. on a Saturday night and thought it would be a great idea to respond to it right then because I wanted (laughs) this this new bride to know how committed I was that I would get out of bed at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. But I just realized that led to some really unhealthy expectations that Mm -hmm. if I was answering emails, you know, 20 minutes after I received them at 8 p.m., that my clients would start to learn to expect that when I didn't want to feel chained to my inbox all the time. So We don't answer emails between like 6 p.m. and probably 9 a.m. And if I, for some reason I have to, like, let's say I'm, in an airport and I'm just catching up on emails or something, I will, like I said, boomerang those to send the next day during my normal office hours, because that's creating a sense of consistency, which consistency breeds trust, especially with your clients. So they know that when you're in your inbox, you're there. And when you're not, they are not going to expect a reply from you. So that cuts down on the number of people who send you an email Friday night and then Sunday morning send you another one like, hello, just wanted to make sure you received my last email. And then I don't get that until Monday and I'm at church on Sunday morning. So I want to manage my clients' expectations because I know the more accurate those are, the happier they're going to be. It's not that I'm trying to shirk my responsibility. It's that I'm trying to serve them really well. And in the same way, if you have a child that's never been told no, you're going to have a kid who grows up to not be a very happy person because the world will tell you no sometimes. But if their parents never did, then they've been raised with unrealistic expectations. And so not that I love telling my brides no, but I'm just trying to have them understand healthy expectations so that they're more satisfied in the experience and with the product overall.
0: I think that is just some of the best advice that has ever been dropped here (laughs) is... Because I, nowadays, if I email somebody and they like write back at an odd hour, I'm like, oh man, they have no boundaries. And then I'm like, well, I guess I'm the one emailing them too. But (laughs) it it does like, I know when we were in Hawaii and working with a realtor, like he was up at all hours of the night, always available, which was a blessing. But then I'm like, he has a family, he has kids. And like, we were almost the ones protecting his time because we knew like, I know you feel like this is important, but it's not. And I know... Especially when you're starting out, there's this fear of like, if I don't respond right now like they're going to choose someone else. And I think that a lot of that comes with just growing confidence in your business and knowing like boundaries are healthy and boundaries are good. And I have become very, very protective of my phone number, which sounds Mm -hmm. so weird, but I actually want to get a new phone number and only give it out to certain people. And I only give my phone number to my clients like right on their wedding week, Mm -hmm. because that way we can handle everything and have written communication and have a paper trail and then, you know, come their wedding day, like I am fully accessible or the wedding week I should say I'm fully accessible I'm available via text or call but you know it just sometimes I would get an email and then they'd follow it up with a text saying they just sent me an email And it's like <laughs> I know I got it you know where yeah. you have to create these places where you can rest and I think that a lot of us that have struggled with anxiety or not having work-life balance a lot of that stems from those bad habits that were started very early on. Oh, absolutely. And I i mean,
1: I think Mary Morantz is the one who says that you teach your clients how to treat you from day one. And so if you're answering emails or text messages from day one, that's what they're going to learn to expect from you. I'm this very similar. Like I don't give my phone number out to, you can't find my phone number online. It's not there. Matt's number is actually the one that we list for the local DC wedding magazine that we're part of. They have you know a whole vendor section and his number is the one that's there because we're so protective of mine because First of all, I don't like getting caught off guard. You know, if I'm in the middle of Matt and I are taking a Monday off at our favorite winery, I don't want to get a call from someone who's asking why hasn't my album arrived yet or someone asking like, hey, are you available on this date or can I have a discount? Like all of these things that I need to be able to want either look at my calendar or to send them my email template explaining why I don't give discounts. And it's just easier for me to do that if I can either do that over email or if they leave a voicemail on Matt's phone and I can call them back if it's one of those things that needs to be handled by phone. But same thing, we don't give our phone number out to our clients. I actually send it, that's one of my, another one of the email templates that we use is 24 hours before their engagement session. I send them an email being like, hey, just can't wait to see you You know, tomorrow at this place at this time. Just so you guys know, I don't keep email on my phone. So here's my phone number in case you need to reach me within the next 24 hours. So that mm-hmm. way they know like, hey, we're running late. Don't send her an email. Just send her a text or give her a call. And that's another one of those ways that we like protect our time. Like, And one of the ways that we handle our inboxes, if I get a text from a client, anything more than like, oh my gosh, we're so obsessed with our pictures. Thank you so much. Yeah. If it's like, <laughs> If it's like, hey, can you send me a copy of our contract <laughs> or something? I don't answer over text. I like just email straight up, don't answer it. I email them back. And what that's doing is very gently training my client to email with me because, mm-hmm. and I'll mention it in my email, like, Hey, just, you know, heads up. I'm the worst at texting back. So if there's ever anything like that you need, make sure to send me an email because I will definitely be able to get back to it. And that's again, teaching them this is how I can serve you best. This is how you guys can expect the best from me instead of sending me a text message and three days later, wondering why I ghosted on you because I don't even text my husband back. I'm the worst. (laughs) And I tell them that and it brings a level of humanity to it while at the same time asking that they respect me as a business owner without having to say it in so many words.
0: Absolutely. I even have in my notes on my phone, I have like a little pre-made template that just is like, thank you so much for reaching out. If you want to email my team at blah, 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 we're in the office Monday through Friday, regular office hours and we'll respond to your inquiry. And it's not a mean thing, kind of like how you love to teach about gentle nose. It's a very, very expectation setting, life-giving way to also tell people like I do have balance. And I think that when you nudge people that direct, it's a respect Like they respect that mm-hmm. And a lot of times They just didn't think Or you know They were just firing Something off And so it's a really Beautiful thing And I know me and Abby Sound like We're really stiff hard. <laughs> hard entrepreneurs. But the beautiful thing in that is that when you can create systems and you can create timelines and routines, you're able to create more content. You're able to be more present in your life. You're able to do the bigger stuff because you're not constantly consumed by that small stuff that really begs for your attention.
1: Absolutely. One of the things that Matt and I firmly like is a pillar of our business is that we desire to run a business that enables a life that we love instead of a life that's governed by our business's needs. And mm-hmm. like in saying, you know, no, I'm not going to text with you or no, I'm not going to answer your emails at 8 PM. It's not because we're cold hearted or mean. It's because I love my husband more than I love my business. And that I want to be able to give my business a hundred percent when I'm in the office, but that I also need to be able to give my husband the best of me when we're not in the office. And so being able to communicate on the channels that I know are the most professional for me and that are also within the boundaries that we've set up for our business means that I get the best business and also the best life at home possible.
0: Amen. I think that's really awesome. And it's one of those things too, that I think we've definitely learned over time. And we're like, if I could go back, (laughs) I (laughs) would do this so differently. And I just think like, what an awesome conversation to be having because so many people right now, you know, their inbox is controlling their days and they're never actually doing the work that they love because they're so busy or overwhelmed or anxious about what's waiting for them when they open up their inbox. And so I love the boundaries that you, have set up
1: yeah it's been super helpful and extraordinarily life-giving for the both of
0: us so what's next for Abby Grace what are you working on what are you excited about before we sign off I just want to catch up with you because I miss you
1: Yeah. So we are, I mean, I'm speaking at a conference next week at the creative at heart conference, which I'm really excited about on communication actually. And that's just one of the, we have this whole slew of email templates in our shop that we're working on. And we're just coming up with a way that we can like package that in the most efficient way possible. And we've got a really fun freebie coming up that we're excited about that addresses a lot of stuff we talked about today, but then even more information. So I think what we're really excited about In the, you know, in the near future is diving more into communication, not just for photographers, but for creative small business owners, because there's such a need for that. Because, you know, we're so focused on getting better at our craft, you know, going to photography seminars or calligraphy workshops or whatever it is that other creative small business owners do that we forget that the communication side of things can make or break your business, even though the out front doesn't seem like it has anything to do with the craft itself. Because again, the way that we make people feel will affect the way that they regard the final product that we give them. So we're super, super stoked to be pressing into that with products and we're thinking maybe like a
0: course down the road, but we'll see where that takes us. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at
0: Abby Grace Photo.
1: And then we've also got my shop, the Abby Shop dot com. And then we've also got my blog, which I love writing for and there are a ton of posts that I've written, oh my gosh, hundreds of posts that I've written over the last six years and some of them business related. So that's a good resource too.
0: Awesome. Guys, go check out Abby. She is just an amazing human, an amazing communicator and an amazing photographer. And I know you are going to just love her. And Abby, you have to just quick divulge a little bit about your Harry Potter obsession real fast. Oh yeah,
1: Our dogs are named Lily and Sirius. That's like the litmus test that I give people. And if they get it, then I'm like, okay, you know, Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) We're probably going back to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter this year. I have a wand it's not something you necessarily <laughs> proud of but it's a fact so
0: <laughs> i love it do you practice your spells at all oh my gosh no
1: but i am a <laughs> up, and i'm not afraid to admit it publicly so
0: well yeah, i, I really hope that on the day that this episode drops you can make us an instagram story of you with your <laughs> wand <laughs> because...
1: i can't promise anything because anything that's on the internet stays there forever and that could be some really good blackmail material in the future but i'll see what i can do
0: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. I totally value your time and I'm really excited for people to start putting some of your suggestions to work. Thanks, Jenna. Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. You gold digging dream chaser, you.